God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring, and we equip for that outpouring, so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We have with us a dear friend, Cheryl Simpers, and she has had some experiences in her life that I believe will help you in your life. Might be that you've been through some abuses or that you know someone who's been through some abuses. And we just want you to know that you can begin today to be victorious over abuse, even if you were really hurt. Welcome to the podcast today. We're so delighted that you're with us, and we want to invite you to be sure to go to our website if you haven't already done so. It's globaloutpouring.org, and sign up for our various email lists. We have one that will send you our prayer letter twice a month. We have one that will keep you informed of when we're putting out a podcast or some event that's coming, or if we have a sale going on in our bookstore online. And uh, we have one for emergency prayer requests. So uh, come in and join us and, and get a little closer. If you're enjoying what you're hearing in this podcast, there's way more material on our website. Our, our uh, YouTube channel is out there and our Facebook page is out there, Global Outpouring. And you can, um, you can enjoy some more of this good, good deep waters material that, that will help you to, to go deeper into the Word of God and deeper in your experience with God. Also, we'd love to hear back from you. If you would love to give us some feedback, we'd love to get it. So our email address is feedback at globaloutpouring.org. We hope that you'll let us know what, how this podcast is helping you and what kind of a life change is happening in you because the Holy Spirit is using this podcast in your life. So today we have with us Cheryl Simpers. And she's been a friend for a good number of years. And uh, she has had some experiences in her life that I really think you need to hear that will help you to be an overcomer. So welcome to the podcast, Cheryl. Thank you. I'm excited about this. I am really excited. I feel like this podcast will go out to the nations and will help people to overcome. Amen. And and, uh, at the end of this, we're going to have a little um, sort of an exercise that the Holy Spirit is giving you to help people get a leg up. I don't don't know if everyone understands that that picture uh, of those words, but when you're getting onto a horse... If the stirrup is too high for you to reach with your foot so that you can get up onto the horse yourself, if the horse is really tall, someone might put their their hands together and make a cup so that you can put your foot in that cup and they'll give you a hoist to help you get up into the saddle. And that's what this exercise is going to do for you to help you receive out of Cheryl's experiences of the Lord's grace and the Lord's help in overcoming abuse and overcoming things in her life that has caused her to walk so closely and so intimately with the Lord that will help you get onto your horse to uh, walk (laughs) closer with the Lord today. Yes. So Cheryl, you have had a, uh, I guess you're in your third marriage now, right? 
I am. And and you have a wonderful marriage right now. Oh, God, God is so good. He brought you a prince. He said he was bringing me a prince. And he did. He did. He's a marvelous man. We yes. really like him. Uh, but you had a couple of other kinds of marriages that weren't so good. Yes. Tell us. So my first marriage, um, I met him in engineering school. And um, we got married while we were in college. And he was a good man. But he was not raised with the Word of God. I was. I was raised by a Bible teacher. We had it every day. Mm -hmm. And my dad, he didn't just read it. He questioned us. What Mm -hmm. a foundation. I'm telling you, an amazing foundation. you got to think this through. you got to think. He would ask questions. You had to think about it. So, But the thing is, I, I had that foundation, but... I didn't have relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. So it, I was very immature as a Christian and self-focused for many years. And God actually used things in my marriages that um, brought me to the Lord in such a deep, sweet way. Mm-hmm. And so my first marriage, uh, we were married just shy, one month shy of 25 years. Mm-hmm. And Steve kept speaking out of his mouth, we will never make it to our 25th wedding anniversary <laughs> because he wasn't raised in uh, with the word of God as a foundation. He didn't understand the power of his words. And I really didn't either at that point. But later on, as I started to turn to the Lord with my whole heart, um, he revealed to me the power of our words. Mm-hmm. Particularly when you're in marriage, you're going to have words that are going to be spoken to each other that are uh that can be abusive and i went through that was steve abusive no he was not abusive um my second marriage and he was a minister my second marriage he was a minister of the lord and about a year into our marriage the verbal and physical abuse started wow well hold that thought for just a minute i want to just go back to the first marriage and you mentioned to us privately that that Steve had had an affair. Yes, and I believe he had more than one. Hmm. But I found out about one that we had made the woman part of our family. She was like an aunt to our kids and um, found out that they were having an affair. And it was devastating to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just devastating. Um, but so then I started to go a couple years after I found out um it was like we were in a very um walking on eggshells kind of relationship and he had moved to indiana and i was in the st louis area and um so i I met somebody that was working on our house and um i went to go in in, into a relationship with him now i was separated from my husband but i was not divorced Mm -hmm. which is totally not god's way of doing things And I heard the Lord very clearly say, don't go down that path. You're going to get hurt worse than you already are. And because God was not my everything and I was not in a love, deep love relationship with him, I was depending on a person to meet the emptiness inside of me, Mm -hmm. not God. Mm -hmm. And and nobody ever can fill that. No, nobody. But but I had to learn that. And Mm -hmm. so when I got hurt worse, like the Lord said, um, and praise the Lord, he was giving me warning. I think many of us are, are given warnings by the Lord and we're not heeding that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I came on my knees before God and I was crying out to the Lord. I said, Lord, 
I said, I am so messed up. I am so broken. I repented of sinning against the Lord and, and disobeying him. And when I disobeyed him, um, you know, because I was raised with a strict father, I didn't know God's loving side, mm-hmm. his gracious mm-hmm. side. Yes. Yeah. And so um, when I cried out to him, it was the first time I experienced the Lord, Holy Spirit came on me in healing, in warmth, in love, in peace. And it was so beautiful. I just sat in his presence as he's moving on me in that healing because I was crying out from my heart for help. And then the Lord, Father God, spoke to me and he said, you hurt me. And I said, how could I hurt you? You're God. And I had very low self-esteem. And so I'm like, how could I hurt you, God? I'm nothing. He said, because I love you so much that when you sin, you are hurting yourself, which then it hurts me because I love you like that. I love you so much. Mm -hmm. And it touched me tremendously. So it gave me a different viewpoint of the heart of God when he tells us not to do something. It's not because, you know, a lot of people have a wrong concept of God. It's he doesn't want to beat up on us. He has a good plan for each mm-hmm. one of us. Yeah. When he's giving us a, a correction or a warning of something that's going to come, he's giving it to us for our good. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that's why he does that. Well, then. Um, so was there any condemnation? There was no condemnation. And, and the, so when I cried out to him and, and he spoke that way to me, I said, okay, here's the deal, Lord. This is what I said to the Lord. I said, I'm. I want to know you're real for me. I know it in my head, being raised with the Bible every day. But I said, I don't know it in my heart. I said, I want to know you in my heart. I want to know you're real for me. And then I said, so here's the deal. I'm going to date you for a year. I want to know how, meaning I was going to spend a year just seeking him to know he was real. Mm -hmm. And I went to work the next day and I lost my job. (laughs) Spent a whole year with the Lord. And when I had prayed that prayer, I had two open visions back to back where I literally saw the Lord. And, um, but he was giving me the gospel in a way that we could see it. Mm -hmm. So in this vision he gave me, I saw every person, and I saw this long road of life, and every person was driving a white trump truck that was a garbage truck. And it, that represented our hearts and our lives. And the garbage in our garbage trucks was us sinning against God, us hurting people, them hurting us. And I saw Jesus on the side of the road. He had a beautiful smile on his face. And he was be- he was motioning with his arm to come to him. And then I saw a sign next to him on the road that um, it makes me laugh every time I think about it. But the sign said, free landfill, free dumping. <laughs> Jesus came to take our garbage. I love that. I yes. love that too. It's a yeah. way to see the gospel like I had not seen it yeah. before. And so then, um, but I was so angry and bitter over what happened in my marriage, over um, then, um, you know, getting hurt worse when I disobeyed the Lord. And I was also dealing with uh, unforgiveness towards my mother for many years. Mm. 
And so, um, so I'm like, what do you have to smile about, Jesus? And I kept driving that dump truck, that garbage truck, getting more and more garbage mm. until it was affecting my life. I was having heart problems. I was having digestive problems. I was having sleep problems. And um, so I finally, like, I cannot take this anymore. And in this vision, I pulled up to Jesus in my garbage dump truck, and um, he beckoned for me to get into the passenger seat. And I moved over, and he got into the driver's seat. And really, that's a point in your life when you move into the passenger seat and let him drive your life. (laughs) Your heart and life is when you really are making him Lord. Yes. Many people make him savior, but not a lot of people make him yeah. really make him Lord in every area. And that's a process. It's a journey. But <laughs> so when he got in and turned to look at me, now I'm coming out of an adulterous relationship after my first husband had been in an adulterous relationship. And so, um, but when he turned to look at me, there was no condemnation at all. When I looked at Jesus, what was coming out of him and out of his eyes was perfect love. In matter of fact, even talking about it right now, I can feel his perfect love. And it was entering into me. It was drawing me. It was captivating me. Like, he's not beating me up for what I did. And um, so he was smiling so sweetly and gently. But that love, I was just kept feeling that love of his in the drawing me to him. And then he... He um, pulled that garbage dump truck into the landfill, and he got out and took out every single piece of garbage in my life. Everything that had hurt me or where I had hurt others, where I was sinning against God, he took it out personally. That's the gospel of Jesus. And so when he was done, he washed it white as snow as if it had never had any garbage. That's what he did at the cross. When he went to the cross for us, when he was the the sacrificial lamb for us, mm-hmm. what he did is he made us clean. Yes. You know, it says that um, he who knew no sin became sin for us so that yeah. we would become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's not through our works. That's through what he did. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's, in that the revelation, um, seeing what he did, I was, it, it changed the my uh, perspective and um, so he pointed out a couple of things because he said, okay, I have taken out all your garbage. Don't go dig it back up. Because we have the tendency when somebody's hurt us or we've hurt other people, we have the tendency to go back and dwell on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's when you open the door to unforgiveness. It's true. And, and he took all pain and bitterness. He took all of our sin. He took the guilt, the shame. He took yes, it he all. Did. So that's when he was cleaning that out. He's cleaning out all that shame, guilt, pain. Because I had a lot of it being raised mm. with by a Bible teacher. I was beating myself up a lot. Anyway, so then um, he, so he said, don't go dig it back up. Hallelujah. But then he said, and this was so important because I used to be very judgmental and critical. He said, don't point out other people's garbage. It's as if you're taking their garbage and putting it into your truck. Because he says, Hmm. judge not lest you be judged. Condemn not lest you be condemned. Forgive or you will not be forgiven. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's like the Bible was coming to life for me in a way it had not before. It became very personal. He became very personal to me. Well, after I had that vision, I had another vision. 
And in that vision, um, I was saw Jesus holding my right hand and Father God holding my left. And remember, this is a vision, so it's just how he's letting me see it. And I'm seeing us from the back. And I look like a little girl because spiritually, I was young. I, I was in my 40s, so I wasn't young in age, but in in spiritually I was. And so I was looking, we were looking over this beautiful golden land and Father God said to me, this is the promised land and I'm bringing you in. And I hmm. was thinking the way of the world. Oh my goodness, I'm coming to the promised land. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And I'm mm-hmm. in this vision, this as a little girl, I'm jumping up and down and celebrating. I'm blessed. I'm coming to the promised land. I looked up at Father God and I said, can I open my presents now? <laughs> and he hands me a box and it was about uh maybe two feet by two feet and two feet tall and and he hands me this box it's very simple it's pretty but very simple and so i'm thinking even though i'm young spiritually in this vision i'm thinking as a woman who is in a lot of debt so i'm thinking did he give me money did he give me silver or gold or jewels or something that'll get me out of that big debt and I opened the box and I looked inside. And when I looked inside, I started to weep when I saw what he gave me. And I reached in that box and I lifted out a live, warm, beating heart. I was holding the heart of Father God in my hands. And Father mm-hmm. God said, I gave you my heart. And he said, I proved it when I gave my son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And when he said you i knew he meant all of us he wasn't just talking to me it's so he gave his all of us his son to empty all the garbage yeah (laughs) and to pay the price that we could not pay and so he um what he let me know is he said many people are after me for what i can give them or do for them even getting a ticket to heaven but he said, very few are after my heart. Mm-hmm. Very few seek me to know me. And from that point, after seeing those two visions of Jesus and the, and the one with the Father in his heart, that's when I made a determination, I am seeking the Lord to know him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is a, that's a journey for all of us, and that's the desire of his heart. That's right. Yes. Is to yeah. draw us into a love relationship. When you get to know him in that love relationship, it changes the way you see life. So, Cheryl, what happened in your church as a result of this overwhelming thing that God did in your life where you where you saw the vision of the dump truck and, and dump trucks and Jesus dumping your, your garbage and, and getting the heart of God? What happened in your church? Tell us that. So, first of all, God led me out of... Um, the churches that I've been raised in, first Lutheran and then the Catholic Church was where I was uh, married for 25, almost 25 years. He took me to um, some spirit-filled churches. And, you know, God doesn't waste anything. That's the truth. Because the guy that I'd had the affair with was the one that took me to the spirit-filled churches (laughs) where they were operating in the gifts of the spirit. Oh, my. And I would come into that church and they... women would come either side of me and I'd just be weeping and I couldn't figure out why I was getting touched by the Holy Spirit in that healing and they would just put their arms around me and let me weep and let me heal 
And one day God spoke to me and he said, I want you to, it was an elder run church. There were seven elders. He said, I want you to go to those elders and tell them your whole story, good, bad, and the ugly. So I did. And they said, Cheryl, we believe this is from the Lord. We want you to get up this Sunday and give your testimony. Mm. Now, I had a problem getting up in front of people. Used to be. I used to be very shy. And um, like I said, I, I had a problem with low self-esteem. No more because my esteem, my value, my identity comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. Mm. Grab that. Grab that, Grab listener. That. Yes. If you have low self-esteem, uh, there's healing for that. Amen. And and right here on this in this testimony, there's healing for Amen. you. Amen. Your identity is in who you were created to be as the Lord's. When you come into that, everything starts working itself out. Anyway, so I'm sitting in there, there just trembling, thinking I got to get up there and speak. And I've never been able to get up in front of people. I would, I would shake so bad I couldn't speak. And so I said, God, you're going to have to help me. Well, I look around and he lets me see in the spirit realm and every person sitting in there, there's probably about a hundred or so people had chains on them, some more than others, some a lot. And the Lord said, because you are willing to come in here and tell your story, even how I got rid of this, not just the sin, but the pain, the shame and the guilt, when you are obedient to get up there and share your story, I'm going to take their chains off. And all of a sudden I looked and I saw those chains coming off. And when I had given, when I got up there, as soon as they gave me the microphone, it was like the Holy Spirit hit me. I... I can't tell you how long I spoke. Scripture was coming out of me that I didn't even knew I remembered. Wow. And um, and it was con- concerning shame and pain and guilt and, and um, bitterness and anger. And, and the Lord, he did what he said he was going to do. When I spoke, the Lord moved to heal and deliver. And at the end they had an altar call i think everybody but two people came forward and had their chains broken off glory to god i know praise the lord glory (laughs) to god so listener let your chains fall off today amen i'm believing that beautiful Mm -hmm. matter of fact then um you know by that time i i was divorced one month shy of 25 years of marriage and then um Seven years down the line, I got married again, and God told me he was bringing me a husband, and he was a minister, and this is, uh, and it was actually, that's how I got to know you, Sharon, and you, Philip, mm-hmm. um, by coming down to End Time Handmaidens, uh, which is now Global Outpouring, and Mike, my second husband, for our first year of marriage, it, it, it was really like what, a lot what I had desired in a marriage. What but, had God spoken to him? God spoke to him that if you do not love her like I love her or treat her with gentleness and kindness, I'm going to judge you severely. And he said the Holy Spirit came on him with the fear of the Lord, and he knew this was very serious. But there were things I didn't know about him until I started to uh, intercede for him because a year into our marriage, I'd say it was about a year, he started to verbally and physically abuse me. Wow. And I'm like, what happened to my lovely husband? Well, he got so into doing for the Lord, we're helping in ministry, that he got out of the word. Mm -hmm. And a spirit of rage would come on him. And 
um, he also had a controlling spirit. So if I would go minister and maybe stop at the store on the way home, and I didn't tell him that I was going to stop on the way home at the store, he would go into these rages. But God was training me in the Mm. midst of this abuse. Because by that time, I had matured a lot in seven years in having a relationship with the Lord. And the Lord said, you're in training for reigning. Mm -hmm. I'm training you in the midst of what's happening. So one of the things the Lord spoke to me, he said, fight the right enemy. He's not the enemy. That's Mm -hmm. powerful. Say it again. He said, Mike is not the enemy. He said, so you got to fight the right enemy because we're not fighting against flesh Flesh and blood. blood, We're, We're fighting against principalities, powers, might, and dominion. And so, yes, they were using him in the abuse. So the uh, third time of him hitting me, and he always hit me in the head, mm. and um, it's because that's where the authority is. And I, by that time, I'd become a strong, strong prayer warrior, and the enemy wanted to take me out wow. in the head and to stop, so I could stop that praying. And um, But the thir- third time it happened, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, you see the demonic forces using him to get at you through that abuse? And I said, yes. And the Lord said, take authority over them. So I didn't do it right then to his face because I knew the enemy could still use him to shut me down from doing it. So I went outside because I'm dealing with the spirits, the demonic spirits. And I took authority and I bound him. And I said, I bind you in the name of Jesus. And I say that you will not be able to use Mike anymore to harm me physically. You pack your bags and go with them or without them, but you are never going to use him to harm me again physically. He never again harmed me physically. Wow. wow. Uh-huh. That's how powerful taking authority is. And right. you do it over, not over a person. It's the d- demons that are using the person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the other thing God was teaching me was he said, be proactive in prayer. Don't wait till an attack comes. Pray ahead of time. Encompass him in prayer. And when I started to pray for him, and I was praying in the spirit, I had an open vision of him when he was very young, very cute young boy. Mm. But he was weeping, and I felt his wounded heart. And I knew there was something from his childhood that had happened that um, had not been dealt with when he got saved. And he got saved, he told me, when he was about 38 years old. Oh, wow. Hmm. That's a lot of time for stuff to accumulate. That's a lot. And and the thing is, he had, um, his father was killed before, when he was in his mother's womb. So he never got to know his real Mm. father. He had four stepfathers. He had, um, he he had been sexually abused as a child. He did tell me that, but he didn't tell me about the other abuse. I found out about that after he had died. And so, um, so God was training me in walking in love and honor with Mike. Yeah. So I would, I would picture myself crawling up on the lap of father God when I was having these bouts of being abused, either physically or verbally. And so I would crawl up on Father God's lap, and I would hand him my heart. I would picture this. Hand him my wounded heart and say, I need healing. And I need a guard over my heart that I don't take or keep any offense. Mm. And I said, it's huge. Because you're asking for God to help you in this. Mm -hmm. And he does. Mm -hmm. And and I said, 
And I choose to love him and honor him as you ask us to do in your word. You don't honor and love people because they're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. You do it as being a child of God because the Lord has commanded it. Mm-hmm. He has asked us to do that, but he's commanded to love one another as I have loved you. And that could only happen in the midst of that abuse. I could only do it by the help the of seeking our God, our loving God. So I would be sitting on his lap and I'd be weeping. And and um, then when I'd say, okay, I choose to love and honor him like you've asked me to. And I said, I choose to throw this offense in the sea of forgetfulness. Wow. And I would look down and see in this vision, the sea of forgetfulness at the throne, uh, at the foot of the throne of Father God. And I, I would get the joy of the Lord every single time wow. because yeah. I could not see any of my offenses. Mm-hmm. Gave me a mm. beautiful picture of what Jesus had done for us. And so um, because um, we're forgiven by the Lord, he's asked us to do the same. Right. And many times because we've been so wounded, the only way we can do it is with a supernatural God that loves us asking for that help mm-hmm. and asking him to train us in the midst of what's happening. Because another time, um, now the physical abuse had stopped because I had bound the enemy, but the, the verbal abuse was still rough. And so... Um, tell about tell about the couch. So like <laughs> he would say, um, you can't sit or lay on the couch. Now he had... We had six cats with claws that had damaged the couch. And he's saying, I can't sit on the couch or lay on it. Why? Um, What did he say? Because, but that's the demonic using him to try to get at me. And remember, since we're in training for reigning, (laughs) you can't think of it the way that the world thinks of it. You got to see what does God want to do? How does he want to instruct you in the midst of it? And so because I was maturing in the Lord, um, I was thinking and asking, okay, what what do you want me to do? What do you want me to learn through this? How do I fight this battle? And so another time he would say, you, he would constantly was telling me I had to leave. And we were only married five years and four days before he was killed by a drunk driver. Wow. And he, multiple times he would say, pack your bags and get out of here. Wow. And I'd say, that's not the will of God. You know it. And he said, you're right. And I would intercede for him. And in wow. interceding for him, he would usually every time come to me and ask, say, that was not your fault. Just when, now, if I didn't intercede for him, he didn't come to me that way. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but when the, it got so hard and so intense that um, I had prayed a prayer. Now, <laughs> I didn't pray this prayer lightly. I I prayed it with the fear of the Lord. I said, Lord, you said to him, if he did not love me and treat me with gentleness and kindness, you would you would judge him severely. I'm asking you to judge him now. And um, I said, I'm not praying this to hurt him. I'm praying it because I need help. So he won't be judged severely later. Wow. Mm, yeah. And so... 
he got 17 kidney stones in one side and 18 in the other, too Ouch. large to pass. He was, and I, but when I asked the, said the prayer, I said, Lord, if I'm praying amiss, I ask you to reveal it to me. But if I'm not, I ask you to reveal to him why the judgment has come. So when he got those, um, all those kidney stones, and it was very painful for him. Oh, of yeah. Oh, my goodness. He went <laughs> to the hospital one? four times. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So he came to me and said, the Lord told me this has come on me because of how I'm treating you. Mm. Wow. So I would not recommend praying a judgment on somebody unless you are walking with the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. Because I wasn't doing it. And forgiveness. Yes, and forgiveness. I was holding no forgiveness unforgiveness towards him no bitterness no anger because i kept going to the lord and asking him for help to guard my heart and that i chose not to hang on to it but needed help with that yeah i had no bitterness towards him he gave you the grace yes now there was another time we were warring with a a pastor and his wife they had had a big split or against we were w- praying with them. Okay. Just wanted to make them. sure. Yes. Because they had a ch- church split and oh. they were hurt and oh. they needed prayer. Oh. So we were all praying and we were praying, uh, just the four of us, and it was powerful. I could feel the breakthrough coming through for them. And after those prayers, their church started to grow again. And But we all got a like a backlash from the enemy and um, Mike let loose with his tongue against me the next day. Oh, I mean, like really hard. Oh, dear. And I said, Lord, I've had enough. And I went down to the lake an hour away from my home, and I prayed in the spirit. And I said, Lord, give me a word. And I was asking the Lord for a word of release. And you know what the Lord said? He said, he gave me his scripture. I would never, ever leave you nor forsake you. Why would you do that to him? Wow. Oh. I didn't like that word. Oh, no. no. And so... <laughs> So I prayed in the spirit and I'm weeping. I'm praying in the spirit asking again for a word. So what were you thinking in that moment? Uh, well, it was kind of like a, a wake up. So, so I prayed again. He gave me the exact same word. I would never ever leave you nor forsake you. Why would you do it to him? Three times. Oh. And then I said, okay, Lord, I get it. I commit to stay with him till death do us part. Mm. Something mm. shifted in the spirit realm. I stayed and prayed for him for several hours. And when I got home, it was completely different. And he said to me, I commit to love you the way God had told me to love you. Wow. Now, did he always do that? No. Which is why judgment did come. And this is a wake-up call to people. Mm -hmm. Now, is God asking you to stay with an abusive spouse? I don't believe so. I was in a place with the Lord that was mature enough to fight the battle and he was training me how to do it so I could pass it on to you, pass it on to, on to other people. Mm-hmm. Now I go to the nations and I'm sharing it. So mm-hmm. um, it's so mm-hmm. important. The enemy has come to still kill and destroy where marriages are concerned. And God told me, pray for the father, the husband, because if the enemy gets to them, he's getting to the wife and the children. Mm-hmm. No. And mm-hmm. that's why he said, encompass him with prayer and be proactive in prayer, not reactive. Another yes. thing that I would do on the way to work after a bout of abuse, um, where his tongue was just, uh, it was hard. Um, 
I'd be weeping on the way to work, but let me tell you, I'd be declaring and decreeing. I would be declaring (laughs) my marriage is blessed of the Lord. I bind you off of our marriage. I bind you, Satan, you demons, off of our marriage in the name of Jesus. And I would speak life over our marriage. Mm -hmm. My husband is a good man. He's a man of God. He's a minister. He's a, you know, he's a son. I would speak life. I wasn't speaking circumstances. Good for I you. was speaking oh. what God was laying in my heart to speak. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because our words are so powerful. Remember my first marriage. He kept speaking, we'll never make it to our 25th wedding anniversary. Within wow. a month of 25 years, we were divorced. That Our words are seeds. Mm-hmm. That's why God says in his word that there wouldn't be accounting for every idle or vain word mm-hmm. is because they're so powerful. And um, so it was important when going through that abuse with Mike that I wasn't and I was not telling everybody what I was going through. No, you weren't. No, we, we didn't know about it until after he was gone. No, I yeah. found a couple of prayer warriors that I met here down uh, in uh, Global Outpouring and uh, they live up in the Northwest and I had them pray for me and God would send laborers to speak to Mike, but he would blow it off. Mm. Like that's not from God, you know, or just ignoring it. And then he had one of his daughters came mm-hmm. and she came five months before he was killed by the drunk driver. And she came and she sat in front of us and she said, dad, look at me. This is your last opportunity to get it right with Cheryl. He had a very strong prophetic gift. She had that same gifting. And he blew it off. She said, Dad, look at me. This is your last opportunity to get it right with Cheryl. On the day of his death, when he was killed by that drunk driver who had heavy drugs in her system as well, prescription drugs, I was in the courthouse going through jury duty selection process and I was sharing with a woman who had was having troubles in her marriage. I was sharing some of these things with her, even telling what God had said about if if he if Mike didn't treat me treat me with gentleness and kindness and love me like the Lord loved me, he would judge him severely. And right when that came out of my mouth, I looked at the clock. The time of death when I looked at the death certificate was that exact moment. Oh my! And. Uh, you know, at first oh. I was I was so upset when I saw that because I'm like, God, did I call that into being? He said, no, you did not. I had spoken what would happen, and he didn't heed the warning, even five months before he died from his daughter. Mm-hmm. So, but the thing is, I, you know, there were times I wondered if he was saved. And I said, God, how can a godly man who ministers so powerfully to some of the most broken people, how can this happen? And the Lord said, remember, we're a three-part being. Mm-hmm. We, our, our real being is our spirit man. Right. We have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. When we live in a dwelling, which is our body. And he said, you can be saved like Mike was and be abusive because of the abuse from his childhood Mm -hmm. that had not been dealt with. Right. He never went to get his garbage. Exactly. Mm, Emptied out of his garbage. (laughs) He he was just ministering with the garbage and all. And I think men, it's even more so that he just didn't want to look at it. He shut those doors, Mm -hmm. but it would come to the forefront in rage when he got out of the word. Mm. And so, 
but God was, God was training me and I, I wouldn't give up those five years because yeah. of what I learned mm-hmm. and what I can pass on right. in the midst of that. Right. And this message is going to the nations. Amen. This mm-hmm. message is going to reach people in America, in yes. Canada, South Africa. Praise all, the Lord. All kinds of nations are going to hear this message and lives are going to be changed. Now, what can, what can our listeners do to, to get this leg up onto their horse so that they can start walking in this victory that you've walked in? understand that every one of us you know when i saw that that vision of the um dump truck garbage truck which represent our heart and lives every one of us has garbage mm-hmm. and it's so important to go to jesus and and give it to him let him take it let him heal you let him get in the driver's let seat. him get in that driver's seat and um let him let the lord draw you with his perfect love like he did with me so it was no longer you know just going to church religion it was going to him to get to know him and when i got to know him i understood his love was so great that he paid the price that he did because of his love for us beautiful yes beautiful so listener before you put your head on the pillow tonight have a little talk with Jesus. Amen. Move over out of the driver's seat. Yes. And let him get in the driver's seat. Let him take you to the dump. Let him clean things out for you tonight before you put your head on the pillow. Yes. It is critical and it will help you to get into that place of victory where you will receive the grace to be able to intercede. You know, uh, I personally, I have learned that when there's an opportunity to take offense, if I will begin by saying, Lord, I ask you to forgive this person for what they did to yes. me, then it makes it makes it easier for me to forgive as well. Yes. And the other thing is, like my first husband, when I had caught him cheating with a woman that we had made part of our family, took her on vacations with us, the Lord said, I want you to start praying for them. When I started to pray for them is when the I started to get a, a knowing of the Lord for their own broken hearts. Mm-hmm. And um, and I started, it, that's when his love comes in to do the supernatural to the point where God took me to her house. Wow. Like a couple of years after that had happened, took me to her house to tell her that I had love and forgiveness in my heart for her. Wow. And when I did it, when I was obedient praise the lord because he came in like when i saw him in the the dump truck in my dump truck and it was just perfect love filling me filling the all around us he did that in her home where when i said i have love and forgiveness in my heart for you the love of god hit me so strong i was like oh my goodness this is what heaven's like Wow. Mm. I mean, I when I got home that night to take my daughter out at 11 o'clock at night, I was dancing in the streets, praising <laughs> God, because I was still in with that love on me so strong. I mean, it, I can't describe. It's just so beautiful Hallelujah. and powerful. Hallelujah. It's powerful. Now, if you're holding on to things because of severe abuse, even from your childhood, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. That's right. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And he can help you to heal 
as if it had never happened. Would you pray for our listeners along those lines, please? Yes. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that every person that's listening to this podcast, that you see them, you hear them, you know their hearts, Mm -hmm. you know their garbage, and you want to take it. You want people to come to you and give it to you and let go of it and be free because you came to free us. And I thank you, Lord, for each person that you're touching them right now with your amazing love. You're touching them. You're, you're moving on them like you did with me in that vision of the dump truck. You are moving on them right now to make yourself so real to them, so real, that they will be so drawn to you. And they will go to find the one that loves them. Yes. So that that mm-hmm. empty place and that heartbroken place can be taken care of by you, Lord. And I thank you. I thank you for every person who is going to hear this, that you're going to set them free in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, Cheryl, we want to have you back on another podcast to tell us some more about some of the things that God has done in your life as a result of that very beginning of, you know, getting the revelation of, of the dump truck and getting the revelation of the heart of our Father. Amen. So we'll have you back again. Uh, Sounds I, good. I, I hope we can do it soon. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you. God bless you all. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.